Welcome back to the Bama Online Podcast. This one mid-morning, Thursday, December the 9th, 2021. Travis Ryer, Senior Analyst for BOL with you here on the podcast. We're going to be probably more recruiting-centric on today's program than we've been on the last couple of shows, and with good reason. We've got Early National Signing Day coming up for football, less than a week away. Next Wednesday, that's going to take place. So certainly timely in our attempt to talk some recruiting with you today on the show. Hank South does an outstanding job for us at BOL covering recruiting. We'll check in with Hank coming up in just a little bit, but a lot going on also on the award circuit for Alabama football, including tonight. At the Home Depot College Football Award Show, 6 p.m. Central, that broadcast gets underway on ESPN, of course, led by Bryce Young. You've got Jamison Williams. You've got Will Anderson in the mix for some of those awards tonight. And then, of course, Saturday night, the big one in New York City, the Heisman Trophy Ceremony set to get underway, 7 Central, also on the ESPN family of networks. And Bryce Young, an overwhelming favorite to become Alabama's fourth Heisman Trophy winner since 2009, the first quarterback in program history to capture the award, perhaps. And again, if you look at Vegas, last check, I think Bryce was minus 5,000 as the favorite. That's a lot. That's a lot. So yeah, we're guessing that Bryce Young uh, is going to become the second straight Alabama player to bring home the Heisman Trophy to Tuscaloosa, Alabama. And then you've got a big hoops game, men's hoops on Saturday night with a Final Four team from a year ago visiting Coleman Coliseum and the Houston Cougars. That's a 9 p.m. Central late night with Alabama men's basketball, for some of us anyway. Some of us are in our 50s, so 9 p.m. Central, that constitutes late night once you get to like your early 50s. But should be a good one. Uh, Kelvin Sampson brings Marcus Sasser, a preseason first-team All-AAC performer and Houston to Tuscaloosa. Sasser averaging 17.7 points per game. And the Cougs come into the weekend having won four straight games by an average of 42 points per contest. So been dominant here of late. Houston has been. So plenty on the weekend slate. Football recruiting will be a big part of it. And again, We're going to check in with Hank South here in just a moment. Also want to remind you, the podcast brought to you in part by Homefield Apparel. Go to homefieldapparel.com. Make that first purchase there at homefieldapparel.com. And when you get to the checkout, enter Bama247. Enter Bama247. You're going to get 15% off your initial purchase at Homefield Apparel. Trust me. The family, the extended family, whether it's Alabama gear, certainly first and foremost for our subscribers at BamaOnline.com, it's going to involve the Crimson Tide, but great stuff, whether it's t-shirts, hoodies, sweatshirts, apparel in general, Alabama-themed gear, none better than what you're going to find at Homefield Apparel and HomefieldApparel.com. Be sure to enter again, Bama247. At checkout on that initial purchase at Home Field Apparel, and you're going to get that 15% off. And so, as promised, here he is, Hank South, recruiting analyst for us at BamaOnline.com, does an outstanding job, a veteran 
a veteran of the recruiting wars now. You've officially achieved veteran status, I got to say, at this point, Hank. <laughs> Feels like it. <laughs> Feels a little bit like it these days. Hey, and, you know, with the changes in recent years, with the early signing date coming into play, with the confluence of the transfer portal becoming such a big part of things, we're going to sort of touch on all of that with you today, Hank. And, Want to start, though, with a bit of a recruiting reset for Alabama. Now with 21 commitments currently home to the number one class per the 24-7 sports composite team rankings. And most recently, just a couple of days ago, the 21st commitment came in the form of Isaiah Bond from Buford High School over in the Atlanta area, previously committed to Florida, the nation's number two athlete prospect and a teammate a 2022 UA commit, Jake Pope. Is Isaiah Bond, first and foremost, uh, in the eyes of Alabama, a wide receiver target? Um, we know he's played some in the secondary. How how does he sit in terms of a position with Alabama? Yeah, he, he's projected to play wide receiver, and that, that's a little bit of a change-up. If you go back to last spring when Alabama offered him, it was for cornerback. That was where, where they liked him at, and that's where they were recruiting him at. But if you talk to Isaiah he wants to play offense. That was kind of his preferred position. And it, and it wasn't a deal breaker, um, you know, with that projection, but that was his preference. And, and that's why we originally saw him commit to Florida, because that was something Dan Mullen and the, and the Gator staff had guaranteed to Isaiah Bond that, that they, they would play him on the offensive side of the ball. He's called Florida a dream school. So that, you know, made sense when, when he committed to Florida, um, he he never shut the door in Alabama. He he took an official visit to Tuscaloosa uh, back in June while he was committed to UF. Um, he was in attendance for the Alabama Miami game um, at, at the Mercedes Benz um, season opener uh, back in uh, early fall, and then he came back for a uh, for for a visit uh, during the season in Tuscaloosa as well. So never really shut the door on Alabama. Obviously Dan Mullen gets let go. He, Isaiah Bond reopens his recruitment, and it was, it was pretty clear um, that Bama was, was the school to beat at that point. Georgia kind of sniffed around, tried to get involved with him, uh, but it was a little too late. Even you know, before, while he was committed to Florida, he was saying Bama was you know that that was his top two schools, Bama and Florida. So uh, so it made sense that he picked Alabama. But yeah, he's going to play receiver, so that that's the uh, third receiver in the class. He joins Kobe Prentice and uh, and Aaron Anderson for. I mean, you on paper you got to. I mean this is the fastest wide receiver class in the country. You know, Isaiah bond, a guy that has world-class speed, Aaron Anderson, all sorts of speed. And obviously, you know, I think Kobe Prentice has shown, you know, his, his, uh, his electricity, uh, on the field, um, as well this fall. So, uh, big, big time wide receiver class. Bama might not be done at the position, but, uh, three guys you can really, really do a lot with, um, come next fall. Yeah. Speed and dynamic playmaking ability seems to be the common theme among the guys you outlined for us there. And, you know, Isaiah Bond, similar to some guys Alabama signed in the past. Trayvon Diggs was that sort of player coming out of mm -hmm. high school. Cyrus Jones. So there is some there's some security in knowing that this isn't a guy that can just help you at one spot or not help you at all. Uh, certainly he has that ability to be, uh, you know, a high uh, echelon SEC receiver, but uh, a guy who has shown you, during his high school career, he can do it at different positions. Otherwise, for Alabama on the recruiting trail this week, Hank, as you've outlined for us so uh, expertly there at BamaOnline.com, uh, Nick Saban on the road. That's just something different in and of itself, right? Coming off of COVID to see 
Uh, Nick Saban basically in more houses in December than Santa Claus, it seems like, here in the last few days. Wanted to run down some targets for you, but yeah, talk about Saban and, and maybe the reception he's received this week and getting back out there. Yeah, it's it's weird to see it happening. You know, we haven't seen it since January of 2020, where he Nick Saban has actually been out on the road. We've seen, um, you know, the assistant coaches back out on the road uh, since the beginning of this football season. But, uh, you know, th- this is always the time of year where, you know, after the SEC championship game, typically, you know, Nick Saban uh, puts on the red jacket and, and traverses the country. You know, he's been on the West Coast. He's been on the East Coast. He's been in Texas. He's been in Louisiana. He's been all over, and the reception seems to have been great. You know, people are very excited when Nick Saban comes to your school. There's always school or house. There's always um, some fun stories when it comes to that. Um, but you know, he he really you know w- with that week before signing day, it's obviously a narrow, more narrow window. Um, they they kind of have to fit it, a lot of guys as as many as they can before it goes dead again on uh, on Sunday night. And and obviously Nick Saban pr- isn't going to be seeing recruits. Um, off campus really this weekend too he's got the heisman ceremony and obviously an official visitors weekend coming up so really today uh or you know thursday and friday are, are the two two last days of the week he's going to be out on the road heavy um but you know he, he's hitting on the guys that are signing early enrolling early um the commitments that are enrolling early that have already taken official visits he's, he's seen those guys so he, you know he's seen several commitments like sean murphy ty simpson uh, but the big targets he, he's been in to see this week obviously shamar james that was a big one on Monday down in Mobile. He started off. I think that might have been his first visit um, of the week. So, you know, big time linebacker target um, Kendrick Law, the the athlete out of Louisiana. He was in to see him in Shreveport. Um, he went out to Texas to see Jamarian Miller, the, the Alabama commit that flipped from Texas um, today or Thursday is a big day for him. Um, he's seeing, uh, it might be the biggest day of the week. Um, if you kind of look at the guys he's expected to see South Florida, Earl little junior Marvin Jones, junior, um, supposed to see Curtis Perry out in, um, uh, in Montgomery, um, Keonta Goodwin, the five-star offensive tackle and Kentucky commit. So he's making the rounds. We saw him see Damani Jackson, the five-star corner out in California on Tuesday, Anthony Lucas. So he's literally been across the entire country in the last, three and a half days. So certainly, um, you know, they're putting in the effort there to, to try to close out this, uh, this early signing period, pretty strong. Yeah. And you mentioned it. And again, such a great job for us there throughout the week. If you go to the round table at BamaOnline.com, Hank has a Nick Saban in-home visit tracker for our subscribers exclusive to those folks. And then also Tim Watts, our site publisher, sprinkling in those nuggets throughout the week to keep us fed as well on the recruiting trail. But you said it, Shamar James right out the gate on Monday, previously committed to Florida. Uh, Is it Georgia? Is it Alabama? Is it still Florida? What's the feel you get for Shamar right now? Yeah, since he backed off his commitment from Georgia, uh, from Florida, sorry, uh, I, it, it's been Alabama, Georgia. You know, there's been some some talk that he might give Florida another look with Billy Napier. I think Florida's out. Um, Auburn, I think, is out. I, I think I, I believe Keith Niebuhr on the um, Auburn Undercover posted earlier this week that um, uh, Shamarsh James told the Auburn staff basically thanks but no thanks um, as, as far as an in-home visit. So that kind of tells you where things stand there. And then there was a little bit of talk about Texas A&M getting him in on an official visit. Um, he was supposed to go last week and didn't go. Uh, then there was talk he might go this weekend, but but Georgia is expected to host him this weekend. So uh, that that's my thoughts of where this stands. Alabama, Georgia. And, you know, I think you know 
honestly, I think it goes back and forth. You know, I, I don't think it's, you know, a clear cut edge for either team. People have their thoughts, you know, oh, he's leaning to Georgia, he's leaning to Alabama. I tend to pick Alabama just because, you know, that was the school he actually did name his leader at one point um, back in the summer before he committed to Florida. Obviously, the in-state school, uh, that offer was a big moment for him back in um, the fall of 2020. So, you know, that that's where I lean. I, I, you know, he has that connection with Deontay Lawson. You know, he, he he's very close to Nick Saban, very close to South Sinceri, likes Pete Golding a lot. Um, so, you know, that that's kind of where I tend to believe he'll end up picking. But again, you got to watch that last visit to Georgia. Um, they're going to, you know, get that last in-person crack at him this weekend, but you know, we'll see how much of an effect that has come next, uh, come next Wednesday. In addition to James, when you talk about in-state priority guys to cap this early signing period or this 2022 cycle in general, is Curtis Perry, the next guy right there alongside Shamar James, the four-star defensive lineman from Pike road high school. Yeah, I think so. Um, you know, he, he's a guy, another one that, you know, I think there's a little bit le- less suspense with Curtis Perry than there is Shamar James. I, I think Shamar James is truly, you know, maybe, uh, not a coin flip, but, you know, goes back and forth, you know, maybe 60, 40, 40, 60. I don't know. We'll see. I would like Bama for Shamar James personally. Uh, Curtis Perry, I think it, I, I, I lean pretty, not, I, I, I lean pretty solidly, uh, to Alabama for him. He's saying Auburn is his leader. Um, but you know, you look back at, at these kind of recruitments, I think, I think maybe a little bit of misdirection is being put out there to try to build some suspense, which is fine. You know, it's his recruitment. He can do whatever he wants to do. But, you know, when you ask me, I, I think Bama has had the edge for him really this entire recruiting process. I think this is the school he wants to go to. Um, but Auburn's doing a good job. You know, they're, they're recruiting him really hard. I, I think, you know, they, they've really shown him a lot. I think, I think the interest is le- legitimate, but I think when it comes down to it, Bam is the team to beat. And we've seen this before, you know, especially guys, you know, Montgomery guys or, you know, in-state guys, Mac Wilson named Florida, his leader. We all kind of thought that was kind of maybe a, a decoy and, and Bama was the, the true team to beat that ended up being the case around this time. in in, uh, in 2015, Ben Davis named Georgia, his leader. And um, after Kirby smart took the job at Georgia, obviously he ended up sticking with Bama or, you know, he wasn't committed, but he ended up picking Bama like we expected. So I kind of think that's the, the same, um, you know, how it's going to roll out with Curtis Perry as well. So let's talk about some potential carryover, not potential. It's real. When you consider the coaching changes most recently at Miami with Mario Cristobal taking over as the head guy of the Hurricanes, and then also Lincoln Riley going to USC, because Alabama has had so much success sort of cherry-picking South Florida and Southern California under Nick Saban, is there an initial impact that you've picked up on with Riley to SC, even with crystal ball in the last few days to Miami that might be felt by Alabama as early as the next week or so, because, you know, you mentioned guys like Earl little jr, the four-star corner from American heritage, along with his teammate, Marvin Jones, jr, the edge defender from American heritage down in South Florida. And then of course, Domani Jackson, the five-star corner out in California at modern day, um, what are we thinking on those two or three players? And I know it's more than just that. You got Ernest Green, also a four-star offensive lineman out there at St. John Bosco uh, in Southern California. How how has that kind of come into play here in the last couple of weeks? Yeah, I think 
think the more immediate impact you could see in terms of those two situations at SC and uh, in Miami is is more Lincoln Riley at this point. Um, you know, you look at Damani Jackson was committed to was committed to USC at one point. Um, backed off that pledge. It was all Alabama. It was, it was trending towards the tide. He dropped Michigan. That was a big development. Um, but you know, Lincoln Riley has gone all out to, to try to, to try to keep him home. And I think that's kind of resonated with him. You know, he, he already has the relationship with SC. He already knows the program. Um, but you know, now with the, with the new, new face at USC, you know, they're obviously going to recruit great there. And, and, and you know, Demonte Jackson knows that, uh, and, and, you know, obviously probably has some some hometown pressure to, to, to stay close to home. I think that's one we could see uh, maybe be a little bit closer than it, it was pre Lincoln Riley getting announced as head coach. And again, you know, th- then you kind of on the flip side of that, you look at it as, you know, Oklahoma wasn't really involved for him when Lincoln Riley was head coach in Norman. Uh, you know, obviously, Lincoln Riley's an offensive minded guy. Is that really going to sway Domani Jackson, who's, you know, really taken a business-like approach to, you know, where can he get developed the best? You know, so you, you look at that and that probably favors Alabama. I still think Bama has the edge for him, but I think, you know, the addition of Lincoln Riley has made this a lot closer than it was, say, two weeks ago. Um, then you look at Miami um, and, and obviously the number one recruit you think of for 2022 is Earl Little Jr. Um, and, and, you know, as soon as Mario Cristobal was announced um, on Tuesday in his press conference, he went to start recruiting and, and Earl Little was on his list of guys to go see immediately. Um, I, I think that one's may, I, you know, I think Mario Cristobal is going to crush it recruiting from Miami, but I, I think he needs a little bit longer to kind of sell that vision. I, I think Earl Little Jr. is leaning pretty heavy to Bama. And I, I think adding Mario Cristobal to Miami was maybe a little bit too late. If there's, was a year ago and that happened, you know, I, I think that's a different story. I think, you know, he has time to, to kind of make some moves there. Um, but, you know, I, I think Earl Little Jr., you know, the connection with Patrick Sertain, um, you know, his, his head, head coach is uh, Pat Sertain. He, he's friends with Dallas Turner. You know, there's that American heritage connection. Uh, you know, they, they've seen they've seen exactly kind of his and he's talked Earl Little Jr. has talked about this. He's seen exactly kind of his process play out in the form of Patrick Sertain II. Uh, so, you know, that that's something he's taken note of. Nick Saban's going to see him on Thursday. So, you know, I, I think it's a little bit too late on the Earl Little Jr. front. We'll see. But um, I, I think if you're looking at how those two coaching hires could impact, it's more maybe Domani Jackson than it is Earl Little. Here's the thing, too. With Domani Jackson and Earl Little Jr., you're talking about corners. And if Damani Jackson, look, goes to SC, great school, uh, on the rise, certainly with Lincoln. Uh, same for Earl Little Jr. in relation to Miami. But you know who's going to coach those two guys at Alabama in an individual periods on a daily basis? Mm-hmm. Nick Saban. Lincoln Riley isn't going to be coaching. He's going to have his hands on Damani Jackson on a daily basis. Same thing for Earl Little Jr. So, you know, if you're looking for that personal one-on-one time with the greatest college football coach of all time, especially at the corner position, uh, that's what you're going to get at Alabama with Nick Saban. So let's get into some official visit talk for the upcoming weekend. And looks like a nice mix, Hank, of some committed guys, some highly coveted committee committed guys for Alabama and then some targets that are still out there that the Crimson Tide might want to try to close the deal with. Yeah. You know, I, I think this is typically the weekend and it's kind of weird. There's only one 
opportunity for December official visits for Alabama. That's usually, you know, we see two or three, uh, or usually two, but, but only one, uh, early signing periods a little bit earlier this year. Um, December 15th, I should say Tim Watts's birthday. Um, oh, wow. he's probably going to get birthday. really mad at me for saying that, but, uh, that, that's the day. Um, and two again. days. Yeah, yeah. Right. And two days for my wife's birthday. So, the nice. the early signing period always likes to to mess with uh with with birthdays on uh the home front over here but uh <laughs> no um uh, yeah so you know i think it'll be a commit heavy weekend I, I think you'll probably see alabama commitments that aren't taking official visits try to get back on campus if they're not playing on state games or you know they had the opportunity to um you know we're going to see several take official visits you know Traquan fagan's Manuel Henderson, Jeremiah Alexander, those guys are all expected in for official visits. They haven't taken theirs yet. Um, Alexander and, and Fagans are early enrollees, so obviously this is the last chance that they can take their official visits. Um, so they're going to use that opportunity this weekend. And then the big target that's expected, um, and there might be more, but you know the, the biggest name, at least at this point, um, of uncommitted guys is Shaz Preston. And, and this is a big reason a visit for several reasons you know um obviously he hasn't taken his yet this is their last cracks last weekend before the early signing period um lsu obviously just hired brian kelly um they just hired frank wilson that's a lot of buzz going around talk about as, you know, new new hire impact yeah 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 so that that's a that's a big hire we saw them lose Corey raymond but you know he he's not the wide receivers coach um but still that that the, the bim is battling you know down the stretch lsu's trying to get shash preston back on campus this weekend and you know they have that they, they can do that official visit again, you know, with, with, with the rule change where, uh, you know, if they change Coaching head coaches, change. you can come back yeah. for another official. So that's what Damani Jackson's doing this weekend at USC as well with Lincoln Riley. But, um, so, you know, obviously we're going to keep an eye on that, see if LSU sways him to, to come, uh, to Baton Rouge instead, but he is expected at Alabama, um, Bama, LSU, Texas. Those are the kind of the three schools battling it down the stretch for Shaz Preston. And I, I think Bama's trending in this one. Um, you know, I, I think they have been kind of since late in the summer, um, but I, I think it's really picking up now. Um, you know, they, they've really connected with him. You know, he, he's seen the, the Devonte Smith rise. I'm pretty sure, you know, talking to his dad, they actually have communicated with Devonte Smith several times. I don't think as much this season with, um, obviously they're both busy, but, um, you know, in the summertime, um, talking to him about his path at Alabama. So I think that's kind of a big selling point as well, coming from Louisiana. So that's the big one we're watching. We'll see who else gets added, but um, yeah, you can expect, you know, commits heavy, commit heavy, and then maybe, you know, obviously Preston and then maybe another target or two um, ahead of next week. With official visitors always tentative, you're going to want to keep it locked to BamaOnline.com, the round table where Hank and Tim Watts, our outstanding recruiting staff, they're going to keep you updated throughout the weekend in terms of exactly who makes it to campus and maybe how those visits are progressing throughout the weekend as well. Now, with all of this stuff in mind, we have to consider the potential for the transfer portal as well. Uh, It's become basically uh, adjacent to what teams do what programs do in terms of high school kids junior college kids uh the transfer option now so prevalent what do you see as alabama's vision of the portal in terms of how it goes about evaluating opportunities that it might find there uh, in the portal is it kind of a moving target is it a window that really isn't limited to a particular time frame hank is it something that from really the early signing date 
beyond spring practice, as we saw last year with Jamison Williams? Um, is it just a sort of evolving, ever-changing maybe landscape for Alabama in terms of how it views the portal? Yeah, I think it's evolving just because, you know, the whole transfer portal era has just so rapidly evolved. It's just kind of just, I wouldn't even say controlled chaos. It's just chaos. There, there's, <laughs> it's just every single day. You never know when, when someone's going to pop in. Um, and, and so I, I think you kind of just have to ride it as you can. You know, Nick Saban always talks about, you know, they're always looking to add talent to their roster where they can, if it's available. And if, you know, there's an opportunity to do that, um, you know, they're not going to hold themselves back from, from adding a talented player that wants to come if, if they have the opportunity to do so. He always talks about that. Um, so I think that's kind of their, their, uh, outlook with the portal, you know, the la- last year they had the opportunity to add Jamison Williams after the spring, they took that and, you know, they had a Bolitnikov, likely Bolitnikov winner, I'd imagine, um, in, in the Ohio state transfer, same thing with Henry Toa Toa. Um, so you had two immediate impact playmakers, uh, and, you know, it, it could be a situation where, you know, you go through spring, see what you need see what's still out there or, you know, you go through a signing period, you come up next Wednesday, see who you get, see who makes it official and then go from there. And, and, you know, I I think you need to hold a few spots open. I think maybe more than a few as far as, you know, um, availability of of guys that, you know, you could add. And especially, you know, when you look at your own roster, you see guys that, that could potentially transfer out as well. You know, we've seen Marcus Banks, put his name in the portal Pierce quick. So you never know when you're going to have your own attrition that you need to address. So you kind of always have to just keep an open mind to it, keep some spots open um, and just be constantly evaluating, you know, what you're bringing in and and, and what you have, you know, whether it be through, through practice or, uh, or, or, you know, through the recruiting trail from on the prep level. So yeah, it's just wild. It's, it's, it's kind of, yeah, like I said, it's chaos um, as far as, you know, covering that part of it. Yeah, I mean, you absolutely have to take into account, too, the late period that you have still available Mm -hmm. to you, which seems like it's a a thing of the distant past when you get to the February date. But it's uh, it's still very much a a, a possibility as well to add personnel and quality personnel at that. And you also have uh, uh, on the horizon. The early enrollees, uh, which yep. I know five-star quarterback Ty Simpson is going to be a part of that group. And that seems to be as much a, an annual tradition these days as college football playoff preparation. Those two things, Hank, seem to coincide. And it uh, looks like Alabama is going to have another strong group of early guys this time around. Yeah, it's crazy to think back in the day, pre-early signing period, it was, you know, early enrollees was kind of the, the signal that a recruitment was over. And, you know, up until that point, a kid could just show, like that was the Najee Harris drama. You know, he was committed to Alabama. He hadn't signed yet. So he could really just, he could show up at Michigan or he, he could show up at Alabama. And so that was kind of what we all watched out for. But now, you know, obviously, you know, you sign letters of intent. So you kind of have to go, but even now, like, you know, you can transfer, you can go wherever you want. He, yeah. you know, what's a letter of intent? Um, so it, it's, a letter uh, of maybe, yeah. yeah, a letter of maybe. And I want to mention too, kind of shifting gears back to the weekend official visitors. I didn't mention them in, in the guys, but uh, Jaheim Otis is another one. That's an important visitor with Ole Miss pushing to flip him. Um, he's supposed to come on Saturday night um, after the album Mississippi game. So wanted to throw his name in there real quick too, for the people worried that he was going to, uh, to flip to one of the Mississippi schools. Yeah. You're going to have, I guess somewhere in the neighborhood of five to seven, it sounds like official visitors this weekend. But again, with things subject to change, you're going to keep it locked to Hank South, Tim Watts, and the rest of our 
recruiting effort there at BamaOnline.com. Well, Hank, I think that's a wrap for us on a Thursday edition of the Bama Online podcast. Always appreciate your time here, my friend. Appreciate you, Travis. Thanks, man. So there you go. Hank South giving you the rundown on Alabama football recruiting less than a week away from the early signing date. And a reminder, we'll have you covered from a recruiting perspective. Also, the college football award show set for Thursday night. We're going to have that covered with Bryce Young, Jamison Williams, Will Anderson very much in the mix for those uh, individual honors. You're going to have the Heisman Trophy ceremony on Saturday night with Bryce Young expected to become Alabama's fourth Heisman Trophy winner since 2009. And of course, men's hoops as well, as we talked about earlier in the podcast, a big one with a top four team in the current net rankings, Houston visiting Coleman Coliseum. So much to hang out with us for there at BamaOnline.com. We always appreciate you joining us here on the Bama Online podcast as well. If you haven't already, how about a subscription to the Bama Online podcast? Simple as a click or two. And if you'd leave us a rating and a review while you're there, we would tremendously appreciate that as well. Travis Schreier, hoping you have a great weekend, and we'll catch you real soon right there at BamaOnline.com. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.